everybody, and welcome to the Aggieville Alley Cast podcast. We're come rain, shine, or anything in between. We're here to deliver to you the Kansas State sporting news you so love. I'm Ace Edwards, right alongside Connor Balthazar. And welcome to the first episode of a new little mini-series that we're doing. I'm not sure if you could call it a mini-series. It's not really a series. It's just a thing we're doing. <laughs> it's, it's an, it's an off-season episode. And that is Alley Cat Hypotheticals where we take a look at a bunch of different things from the past of K-State and ask ourselves, well, what if things went a little bit differently? And that's basically the concept of it. For the first episode, we're doing something pretty simple because, you know, it's a it's a get your feet wet episode. Everything's going to get filled out. But who's to say that later on we don't we don't do some some wackier stuff as well that has more wide reaching consequences. But for this week, the first and inaugural episode of Alley Cat Hypotheticals revolves around one question. For the 2022 football season, what if Will Howard was always the starting quarterback from the beginning? Now, what this means for Adrian, whether he just doesn't transfer in, maybe he transfers to Fresno State, or maybe he doesn't beat out Will for the job, who's to say? But let's say in this hypothetical world, what happens if Will Howard is the starting quarterback throughout the entirety of the 2022 season? Connor, do you want to start with, you know, what actually happened, you know, just to give a little baseline there? Yeah, well, we obviously saw Will for most of the second half of the year, mm-hmm. and that was one of the more successful parts of the season as well. Um, for K-State, we won all but one of his starts and then we went one and one in games that he stepped in um part way through uh so we we saw some successes with will howard and obviously he managed to overcome past struggles um and do really really well um this year so um it's really fun to consider um where we would have been with him at the helm all year, like in, in a world where we just don't pick up Adrian Martinez, which that would have been the most painful off season online ever. Just it would, there would be absolutely no faith going into the year. Everyone would except just be, from us. Except, yeah, except from us. us. And everybody would just really not be happy at all. So um, that, that would be, I guess, one effect of Will starting the entire year. Yeah. Um, But yeah, what actually happened, he did a really good job uh, in the games that he played in. He went uh, five and two, and his only losses were his first game that he played in, his last one that he played in. Everything in between was the best that we've seen of Will Howard so far at K-State. And he was, in some games, even dominant. Uh, the Baylor game, he was great. He was fantastic against Oklahoma State. Uh, he came up really big in the TCU game as well, and he did great against West Virginia, save for the one interception, and against uh, um, KU as well. So he, this year, uh, was already really good, despite not rushing as much um, as we've seen in the past. That part of his game is pretty much gone, except for a few occasions where we used it just to kind of throw a defense off just because they weren't expecting it like against TCU in the big 12 championship. But 
Yeah, it was a really great season uh, when Will was on the field and even when he was in the times as well. Yeah. And in terms of pure statistics, he threw for 1,633 yards, 15 touchdowns, only four picks, two of those coming in the Alabama game, one of which was just a ridiculous play by Brian Branch and a total of an 82.5 QBR. For those keeping track at home, the QBR and completion percentage is actually pretty comparable to someone who went at the top of the second round in this year's NFL draft, that being Will Levis. Uh, Whatever that says about Will Levis and Will Howard, you can take it for what you will. No pun intended. But, you know, only going through the, the games that he ended up playing and starting, it's still a really impressive it's a really impressive set of stats, you know, obviously coming in halfway through the TCU game and then getting one, two, three, four, five, six total starts. Uh, so you can basically count seven and uh, six and a half starts throwing for 1600 yards and 15 touchdowns and having a decimal it for his uh, game to interception ratio. That's really good and really marked improvement for will howard in the will that actually exists in this universe but now we can sort of move to the hypothetical situation and obviously the 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 big elephant in the room is how would the team do we'll talk about how would the team do after we talk about will howard as an individual because we mentioned his stats right there and I honestly think, Connor, if you want to do the, if you want to calculate his per game stats while I, I sort of talk about, you know, what, what Will would have brought to the offense and how it would have been different from the very beginning. So the offense at the beginning of the year was not unrecognizable from what we saw towards the very end of the year, but it certainly was considerably different. You can kind of see it throughout, especially the first four games of the year. Well, the first three, and then you could suppose you could kind of count half of Oklahoma. But a lot of it was based off of more short route concepts, working a little bit over the intermediate of the field, not trying too many deep shots, but really, really, really emphasizing the quarterback running game. And that's the first major difference is – from the very beginning, I'm not sure we see as much of the QB run game with Will Howard as we did with Adrian Martinez. And it's simple as to why. Adrian Martinez is flat a better athlete as a runner than Will Howard was even at the peak of Will Howard's rushing as a true freshman. Because Will doesn't have that shiftiness and he doesn't really have that next gear. And I think that's probably the first thing that we would notice is, wow, Colin Klein is having to is having to show his passing game chops as opposed to, you know, calling QB power like for the for the fifth time in a row. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, he'd have to find a way to be more creative in the passing game earlier in the year, which I think he would do. Um we we saw a lot of creativity. Um it felt like the playbook and offense just flowed a, a lot better when Will was the QB, just because he did have uh, uh, he he was just a stronger passer than Adrian. And when you have a great running back like Deuce Vaughn, uh, there's not really any pressure on Will to run the ball effectively because that's just not his game in any way, shape, or form. 
and you let him sit back and throw the ball. In his seven games, um, he averaged uh, 233 passing yards per game, 8.2 uh, yards per attempt as well. So really good stuff uh, from from Will Howard and uh, impressive, um, even beyond just a K-State standpoint. And some of those games, of course, you came in later, like the Baylor game. I think the first quarter was pretty close to done. And the TCU game, he started the second drive. So lost a slim amount of production from that. But I mean, his production would also probably more than double as well if you had him start the whole year because that's taken into account uh, the South Dakota game, the Missouri game, and then uh, uh, Tulane, which we'll get to that in a bit. But he probably is more successful earlier in the year passing the ball probably pretty easily eclipses 3000 um, on the year and probably pushes for 30 touchdowns. Um, but there there's a lot of butterfly effect stuff from that, that changes in the year. Um, but yeah, will uh, statistically, it would definitely be a lot different than his yardage, which was like a hundred second in the country. Yeah. There are three more picks, but that's just the name of the game when you're throwing the ball as well as he is. Yeah. And I also think that the the biggest difference was, I honestly think that our passing game at the beginning of the year shows massive improvement, not only on a concept wise, but it, there was a time where Adrian simply was not pushing the ball downfield at all. And I, I think you and I speculated at the time, or maybe this is revisionist history and it's just something we've come to the conclusion I, I think we, I don't think Adrian's shoulder really ever fully healed. And I think that may have been why he sort of struggled to push the ball downfield. Either that or he really, really, he really took the he throws too many picks thing to heart and he didn't want to take those risks. That's something that we immediately noticed as soon as Will stepped into the starting role or any quarterback role. Will would look at a tight window that even Will Howard from last year would have said, "Mm -mm." and he would just try and drill the ball right in there. And more often than not, he'd be right. And I I know one of the biggest complaints against Will was that he had a a relatively, he had a sub 60 uh, completion percentage, 59.8. You got to keep in mind that a lot of that is because Will wasn't, he just wasn't taking like the the easy gimme passes a lot because he was looking to push the ball downfield. You know, he isn't some checkdown merchant, like, or he isn't getting guys instantly wide open for 40-yard touchdowns like someone else. We'll talk about it. But <laughs> in fact, I think that actually serves as a pretty good transition, don't you? Yeah, I think we can work with that. All right. So the, we we've talked about let's say conservatively Will Howard stays healthy the entire year. And let's say conservatively, he gets about 2,500 yards, say 25 touchdowns, throws, I don't know, six to seven interceptions. So basically a little less than doubling everything that he got. How does the all Big 12 quarterback race turn out? So do you, do you want to answer this question first? Or would you like me to, to give my two cents on this question? You're particularly passionate about this issue, so I will let you take the wheel here. <laughs> I, I'm glad that you recognize the, the passion on this issue. 
So here's the thing. The, in our current world, Max Duggan was the first team all Big 12 quarterback, and second team was KU's Jalen Daniels. Jalen Daniels, I think, started a few more, I think one or two more games than Will did. And the stats were somewhat comparable except for the completion percentage. Jalen Daniels ends up getting the second team all Big 12 honor. And at the time, I was unhappy about it because I felt it was undeserved. Not because I thought Will instantly deserved it, because Will only played six and a half games. And like some of those weren't even in conference. So, you know, I I wasn't I wasn't upset that Will didn't get it. Dylan Gabriel should have gotten it, but (laughs) it shouldn't have been Jalen Daniels. But in this hypothetical world, the thing is, is that I go on all of that rant to say that it almost wouldn't have mattered because one factor would have defined the second team all Big 12 race. Health. If Will Howard stays healthy, he almost gets all Big tw- second team all Big 12 by default. Because Max Duggan won because he was A, a Heisman contender, albeit a third-place finisher, I think. He was either second or third. Um, he was a Heisman contender, and he stayed healthy the entire year and was pretty consistently good. All of the rest of the Big 12 quarterbacks either had a quarterback change, were mid, or were injured. So almost by default, Will Howard gets the second team all Big 12 selection. And that's not to take away from what I think Will could have done. Because I really think he would have had an excellent season had he started the entire game. And we'll we'll talk about team success and how the schedule breaks down in a minute. But I... You know, Will would have been, I think, pretty much a shoe in for that second team spot because I think the committee would have recognized, oh, wait a minute, he's actually throwing into big boy adult windows and not baby diaper mode windows where there's no one within 15 yards of the quarterback. Oh, and also his backup didn't outperform him. Can you tell that I'm passionate about this issue? (laughs) Not at all. Not at all, actually. (laughs) But I mean, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, if Will stays healthy all year, he probably is the second team all Big 12 quarterback. And again, Jalen Daniels is a good quarterback, but a, and it's no slight against him that a lot of his successes are scheme driven. That's because KU has a fantastic offensive coordinator and we have a great offensive coordinator, too. Uh, we don't just scheme guys as wide open as they do, generally speaking. Um, but we have guys go and make plays and we do it effectively, but let's go back and look at some of the non-conference games because Adrian, of course, did not have a good non-conference really passing or rushing. Um, he was all right rushing in the latter two games. Um, but decision-making was not great regardless. He only had 53 passing yards against South Dakota. Uh, I think it's pretty obvious that. Will would surpass that, yeah. and especially on 15 attempts, 15, 53 yards on 15 attempts. That's we terrible. we gave him That's a pass terrible. at the time because we we were like he doesn't he doesn't need to throw that much, and he really didn't in this game. Mm-hmm. Just wasn't necessary. But Will would almost certainly put at least 250 up on South Dakota. He probably puts something similar against Mizzou and something similar against Tulane. 
And so that immediately increases his statistics um, by quite a bit, at least the raw numbers. And uh, I, I that automatically already puts his raw uh, passing numbers uh, by 750 yards, if we're assuming there, because I, I I think it's safe to assume just because we did we did not push the ball at all with very limited exceptions in those uh, first three non-conference games. And it shows uh, on the um, on the stat lines and just from your eyes as well. Uh, if you just I watch the games. Yeah you, yeah, you could tell uh, when you were watching these games. Um, but it would be uh, difficult um, to perfectly guess exactly what's going to happen with Will Howard if he starts the whole year. But we can at least vaguely figure out statistically what he does. And as the all-Big 12 race, yeah, he would be with Dylan Gabriel and Max Duggan, the only quarterbacks that make it through the entire season unscathed. Well, well Gabriel didn't make it through the entire season unscathed. He oh, was that's out right, because he missed, he missed that chunk of time. I forgot about that completely. Yeah, because so, guess who took him out? Yeah, TCU. What a what a surprise. What an interesting coincidence. You remember that narrative for like three months? That was an interesting time. <laughs> I'm still <laughs> determining whether or not I believe that narrative or not, like to this day. I think I could be convinced, but I'd need to see some pretty hard evidence, honestly. I don't um, think I need to see that hard of evidence. I think I would just, I think someone could tell me and like talk about it for five minutes and I'd be like, yeah, I could see it. No, yeah. It was at worst a very strange uh, and unusual coincidence. But yeah, Will Howard probably gets a second team all big 12. He did not have any business surpassing Max Duggan in that race. That would simply not be happening. No. Um, even though Wilson would have still would have had a great year. Um, in case they probably still doesn't go undefeated anyways, unless they do get like a TCU streak of luck. Because no. um, they... Which that can't happen to K-State. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, we're the wrong shade of purple, I guess. But yeah, yeah it, would, it would be an easy um, All-Big 12 accolade for Will. All right, so let, let's, let's add a second layer of hypothetical here. Just a non-canon hypothetical to the, the Alley Cat expanded universe. All right. Imagine every quarterback in the Big 12 stays healthy for the entirety of the year and Will is the starter who wins second team? Um, that is a tough question because I I don't think my answer changes from the current world where it should have been Bill and Gabriel. Yeah, I, I think it would be either Will or Gabriel and it would be pretty close. Um, it might end up being Gabriel because OU almost certainly has a better season <laughs> Gabriel uh, stays healthier longer. Like for one, they probably don't get shut out by Texas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because a lot of things went wrong for OU at various points, but I, I think there's a good argument for either will or Dylan Gabriel. There's probably also going to be an argument for Jalen Daniels in that window, which I'd rather not say, but he would likely get it from the media if for no other reason than like the story behind KU's like miraculous comeback to be well, 500. Well, but... here's the thing that also includes Spencer Sanders staying healthy. 
And KU does not beat Oklahoma State if Spencer Sanders stays healthy. That doesn't happen. That's, that's also true. So that's another thing to consider. Um, because <laughs> they definitely Spencer don't do Sanders that. might get second team. Hold up, wait. <laughs> yeah, I kind of keep forgetting about him from last year because he just wasn't notable when we faced him, and he kind of fell off the face of the earth um, because you know of his injury. But yeah, so KU may not end up being bowl eligible if Spencer if all the QBs in the Big Twelve stay healthy all year. But that's a whole different conversation. Yeah, that may be another you know larger hypothetical to expand upon, but. Yeah, I, I'm, I'd lock in my projections as Max Duggan still ends up QB1 and then Dylan Gabriel probably QB2 uh, because I think it really depends on how quarterback – this is going to sound really narcissistic. I think it really depends on – it comes down to how quarterbacks played against K-State in particular. Spencer Sanders played terribly. Jalen Daniels was fine. And then Dylan Gabriel was the only one that had like a pretty good game against us. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, they were pretty effective against us. They really tore up the defense at times in that game. Other times they elected not to, but sometimes Omar was on the field. Yeah, 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 that he was. Um, he can't scare <laughs> us anymore. But yeah. I'm sorry, Omar. Omar's gonna catch a stray every time we talk about that game. <laughs> yeah, he he had no business going one on one, Marvin Mims. No, and I no, think everybody didn't. should recognize that. But especially not in press, but. Definitely not impressed. Uh, that was not Omar's territory. But this is not an Omar hypothetical. This is a Will Howard hypothetical. True. So. so before we talk about how the team does in a Will Howard scenario, uh, here's a quick word from today's sponsor. And welcome back to the first episode of Alley Cat Hypotheticals, where we take a look at a question uh, from K-State's past and determine how the future of that world turns out. And we're talking about what if Will Howard was the starting quarterback for the entirety of the 2022 football season. We talked about what Will would do individually. We talked a little bit about how the all Big 12 quarterback race ends up turning out. And now, perhaps most importantly, and perhaps the one that everyone wants to hear is how does the team itself do? Because you can talk about individual stats all you want. Most people aren't going to care as long as the team is winning at the end of the day. Because that's when Adrian sort of got that second resurgence of hype. He went from being dumpstered on the entirety of the non-con game to being hailed as an amazing quarterback after the Oklahoma and Tech game. And then the rest of the season happened where he became pariah again, perhaps undeservedly. I'm going out on a limb and saying undeservedly, but such is being a quarterback when your team is going up and down. So I, I suppose the, the best way to do this would be to go through game by game and determine which games end up staying wins, which games end up staying losses. and which games end up changing. So I think you and I are in agreement that South Dakota and MU both pretty much stay the same. Yeah, I I think nothing notably changes about those other than we probably beat South Dakota by more than 34-0 because I imagine Will probably doesn't go 11 of 15 for 53 yards in that game and probably has at least three touchdowns there. 
Yeah. Yeah, you're you're probably right on South Dakota. MU, uh, just to take a look at the box score here, I don't remember. I think Adrian had a decent enough day with his legs, but passing, he was not. He was just not. He was 9 for 20, only 101 yards. That's a little over five yards attempt per an attempt. And by a little, I mean like literally in the hundredths for the decimal. So not good. Like the first two games, I think verifiably have much better passing performances, which that's fine. The The only argument that I could see, and perhaps this is my homerism for MU coming out, I think maybe with throwing the ball a little bit more against MU, maybe there's a little more turnover. There are a few more turnovers there just with how Blake Baker likes to disguise coverages, send blitzes and stuff like that. But even then you're splitting hairs because I think the game still ends up being won. Yeah. And if Deuce still produces to the level that he does, we still get the punt return and all of that against Mizzou, then it does end up looking pretty similar. I imagine just with different numbers in different places. And it's Adrian didn't really have a fantastic rushing day um, against Mizzou either. It was a solid one, but it wasn't incredible. I mean, 13 for 52, and he had that one touchdown on uh, QB power to the left. Um, so it probably goes fairly similarly. But I think you're right about turnover potential if the ball's in the air a little bit more, especially because it was pretty rainy. Yeah. Uh, the <laughs> Singing the SpongeBob theme in the student section. I mean, being fair, we got like free row five seats because we were one of the few students who didn't leave. That's true. Pretty much everybody um, headed out for for that. But uh, there there was a dedicated group that stuck around, though. Yep. So here's the 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 first game on the year that I feel may generate some controversy. Um, Tulane. I went back and looked at my game day grade against Tulane. Because I thought I had the grade that I actually did written down. Uh, For those who remember, I'm not sure why you would. um, But (laughs) Adrian, as the quarterback, ended up getting an F this game. Because the quarterback play was terrible. And if you're familiar with our game day grades, Fs are reserved exclusively for performances that near single-handedly lost us the game. That being said, does Will Howard being the quarterback change the outcome of the Tulane game? Do we put up more than 10 points against Tulane? Well, I got to be honest with you. I don't know why I'm baiting you. The answer is yes. Yeah, I I, I was about to say you said something different in the pre-episode. I don't know what you're doing now. Yeah, no, no, it was was bait. It was clickbait. Um, Because again, Adrian averaged just... This time he averaged a little under five yards an attempt. And he just refused to take any shots downfield, even when they were open. Connor was with me because I think you and I took turns watching quarterback and watching receivers. And every single time I would be looking at the receiver, you would hear me say, you'd hear me yell, he's open. He wouldn't throw at it, and you would hear me se- yell several obscenities right next to you. Yeah. The Tulane game offensively was maybe the most frustrated I've been with K-State offense because we just kept playing right into their hands defensively. And at the time, I think we were also not particularly happy with Colin Klein 
Um, but with even more hindsight, I Adrian just I think just had some sort of mental block with this game, or maybe was dinged up and couldn't throw very well. Whatever the case, he was not in playing condition that day and was just completely unwilling to push the ball, except for the one time where we had to take a timeout and pretty much tell him to push the ball. And then yeah, he did, and it worked. And then he did, <laughs> and it was like a perfect fade to K- the the Cade fade. Yeah, that it was. I think that was his first K State touchdown as well. It was his first uh, touchdown of his career. Yeah, uh, that's right. And uh, it worked. I think with Will at the helm, the passing game would have been much, 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 much better. That's going to open up the run game as well because Deuce didn't have a very good day, very good game against Tulane either. Um, because they were pretty much selling out on stopping Deuce and stopping Adrian in the run game. And it worked uh, because we had no counterpunch um, with the passing game. And you balance that out, KC probably wins this game. Again, that's not taking away from Tulane. Um, but the defense was great that day. They, they truly did everything they could do. Yeah. Um, I, the, the only complaint you could have with the defense is that they gave up 87 to Michael Pratt. But that comes with the caveat of only giving up 26 to future NFL draft pick Tajay Spears. Like, yeah. uh, and, and you can't even blame pressure for Adrian's poor performance in the passing game because he wasn't sacked. And there, was, there wasn't much pressure getting to him. Yeah, I, I do have the distinct memory of him checking into like this like weird shovel pass that we had never run before, never ran after. And we we did that like I think at least three times in that game. At least it felt like at least three times, and it was a loss every time. And he called it on multiple third downs. It's like just slamming your head into a wall repeatedly. And so Tulane, we absolutely win that game if Will Howard is playing instead of Adrian, which I hate to pile on Adrian for that, but I mean the Tulane game. Probably his worst game of his K-State career, maybe of his career overall. Um, <laughs> I don't, I'm not super familiar with his entire Nebraska career. I know he had ups and downs, but um, aggressiveness was never one of them from what we've heard about his time at Nebraska. So He was hyper-aggressive. Um, yeah, in fact, he's overly aggressive. And then this Tulane game was some of the most conservative QB um, play I've ever seen. And Will stepping in and at least being balanced. Having a balanced approach, we probably win that game because uh, Klein was scheming guys open at times in that game. Guys were getting open, and we would we would be able to do a lot more with uh, the passing game working against Tulane. But it was not meant to be, and the and the uh, alternative uniform uh, curse continued. Oh my god! And before we no, we're not getting into that. <laughs> But the very next game was sort of the bounce back game for the season, I think. And that was up against Oklahoma in Norman, a 41 to 34 K-State victory in our world. This one I am not confident in. I really think that K-State probably ends up dropping this game with Will playing. And the reason I say that is because, again, it's all going to be about comparison in this particular case. Adrian was hitting the intermediate part of the field and that's all we were asking him to do. And that's fine. That was sort of where will operated as well. 
operating in the intermediate to deep outside numbers part of the field. That's basically where Adrian was operating, minus the outside numbers part. But the X factor for this game was Adrian's legs. I mean, there's a reason why the most iconic play of the season, regular season, was Adrian running down the sideline, smiling the entire way, and then getting <laughs> yelled at by an OU yell leader. But I just considering how much of this game fell on Adrian's legs, especially towards the back end of the game, Adrian was the X factor in this game. So I really think that K-State probably opens their conference schedule with a loss if Will Howard is the starting quarterback in Oklahoma. Yeah, the only way that we beat OU, I think, with Will um, is he has to find a way to take all of that rushing statistics and mash it into passing and Deuce Vaughn. And they would have had to really thread the needle there. I think they would have had to have been hyper-efficient in the passing game. It would have had to have been Will's best game of the season, probably, like even above Oklahoma State, which would have been very tough to uh, to top. And I I, I'd, I think that's unlikely to happen um, against OU, so we do probably trap that game. Yeah. I don't think the Texas Tech game changes at all, really. You don't get the explosive QB power to start like at the very beginning of the game. Uh, I don't think there's really much to talk about with the Tech game. Yeah. Adrian had some late rushing touchdowns as well. So those probably turns either Deuce Vaughn touchdowns or Will Howard passing touchdowns or a split. So yeah. or I think the, the score ends up option. relatively similar there. Yeah. Iowa State, that game wasn't on Adrian. Iowa State had a really good defense. They... Well, I know you have one opinion on how the game would change. The outcome doesn't change, but the the outcome of one particular play that makes the game more comfortable does. Yeah. The Malik play where he fumbles in this game, besides being one of the most frustrating K-State football plays in recent memory, it probably changes with Will at the helm. My main reasoning for that is Adrian kind of underthrew it. So Malik had to stop and come back to receive the ball and then start running again. Will probably at least somewhat hits him in better stride. And if that's the case, Malik probably keeps his stride better headed to the end zone and probably doesn't get the ball stripped out at the very end. Um, uh, Maybe that's wishful thinking. But if nothing else, if we don't attempt that play, we do probably still continue the drive at least and just probably work the intermediate part of the field a bit better than we did against Iowa State. And Adrian's legs did come up big against Iowa State, but I think that we could replace some of that with short running back passing game um, and try and supplement it there. I think it's still like a just slugfest of a game. It's a rock fight. But I think we probably get to like 20, I think. It's probably where I think we'd end up. Maybe even 17. But... I, I think we score a little bit more, but it still isn't a very a particularly fun game to watch. Yeah. Uh, TCU down in Fort Worth. This was the uh, second loss of the year. I am projecting it probably be the second loss of this year as well. Uh, if in, a, in a Will Howard world, 
because the only difference between this game is Will gets three and a half more drives because we're assuming he stays healthy as well. So we basically we don't burn two and a half drives at the very end of the game. And I think we end up scoring on the first drive where Will gets knocked out and we put Rubley in near nearer the red zone or maybe, you know, Chris Tennant makes the field goal. I, I think it ends up being a one score game. I don't think it ends up being a victory, though, just by virtue of the other injuries that happened, because everything else staying the same. The problem was defensive injuries like, you know, Daniel Green nearly cracking his ribs. Julius Brent's pulling a hammy on the worst play of the game to pull a hammy. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, the, the story of this game still remains to be injuries. So like even and funnily enough, the quarterback injury transitioning to Will Howard was not one of the it was a meaningful injury, but for the opposite reason. Yeah. And uh I I do agree. I think that we still probably drop that game to TCU. I do think there are some mental gymnastics that you can do uh, where you can talk yourself into Will being more in rhythm as a starter and maybe hitting a few passes that he didn't hit in the game. Like the one we're probably all thinking of is the late pass to Cade Warner where he missed it by just inches and it would have been a touchdown. Otherwise Um, a pass like that, that probably hits. Um, If you're going down this uh, purple tinted uh, road that I'm going on, but I still think K-State loses this game. But if you wanted to make a situation where K-State does win it, just because Will Howard maybe is a little bit sharper, he's a bit more used to being the guy, I don't know how much that changes. I don't know if it changes anything. But if you're going to look at it through purple tinted glasses, then you just assume that Will just plays a cleaner game. And also, we probably don't run him nine times in the game because uh, he was not sacked in this game. So there, there's no running attempts in this game that were uh, just Will Howard sacks. Uh, we he was just running design runs because that was the playbook that we went into the game with and yeah. kind of had to use them sometimes. Um, but there's a there's a potential world where we beat TCU here. Yeah, uh, I'm not willing to put money on that though. Uh, Oklahoma State will did end up starting that game, so really there's only one more game that will didn't end up starting that there is to talk about, and that is. The Texas game. I've introduced every other game. I would like to hear your opinion on the Texas game and how you think that shakes out. The Texas game is an interesting one because on paper, it's Adrian's best passing game of the year by a considerable margin. Uh, he completes two thirds of his passes at 329 yards, uh, two touchdowns, one pick. The pick was not very good. Um, and then you had 14 rushes for 52 yards and a touchdown. But he did have a lot of yards in this game. Uh, he had his second longest pass of the year um, in this game. Maybe second. Uh, maybe third, maybe. But very long pass. Although a lot of that was Malik after the catch. Um, so it really comes down to does Will steady the offense in the first half and let us keep up with Texas longer while the defense tries to figure out how to tie its shoes in the first half? <laughs> they did in the second half. They did figure it out. But the offense just couldn't quite catch up the way that it needed to. And I I go back and forth on this uh this Texas game and I 
I think Will could maybe pull it out. I think I've gone back. I might have told you something different in the pre-episode. And I, because I've gone back, I'm back and forth in it myself. But I, I do think Will probably puts together a more consistent game and gets to similar numbers, but does it in a way that's more balanced. And additionally, I do think we need to consider the timing of um, Adrian's two turnovers in the uh, the Texas game. Uh, one of them was a fumble on the last drive for K-State. So that ended up just being backbreaking. And it, it was what ended the game for K-State, essentially. And uh, then the other one that he had was with about a minute left in the first half when Texas was already up 24-10. Um, he throws a pick deep in our own territory and Texas is able to get a drive and in 54 seconds and extends their lead to 31-10. And that one interception there, uh, that that was the difference in the game. That, That's arguably a 10-point swing. Yeah, that yeah, absolutely massive swing. It's, right either, it's anywhere from a three to a 10 point swing because mm-hmm. that's either a field goal that we missed out on and they don't end up scoring or a touchdown and they don't end up scoring, which puts us up plus 10 from where we were before. But I, I'll i let you finish there. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, it's OK. Um, I, I think that K-State could in the right circumstances when that game, because I think going into it, it was truly a coin flip type of game because Texas was so athletic. Um, and we were at a point where we could kind of match them in some ways, other, other positions we weren't as good. And despite the defense really slacking in the first half at points, um, there were a lot of really great individual defensive plays like Josh Hayes forcing that fumble on Xavier worthy um, Echo Boydo doing that on that fourth down um, that was just absolutely backbreaking and he uh, forces the fumble on a uh, uh, Keelan Robinson I believe maybe Roshan Johnson I think it was Roshan yeah they have so many running backs it's not even fair yeah but I, I, I do think that there's a world where K-State can pull out that game um, against Texas um, am I willing to 100% commit to that world probably not but I think of the games that we've considered the most, which is OU, GCU, Texas, the Texas game, I think, would be the most likely um, winning result for Will Howard out of those three games. I'm going to commit to the world where Will wins against Texas. And I, I've sort of talked myself into this over time because I know on the episode, the preview the preview episode, I, or the review episode, I specifically said that Adrian Martinez was not the reason we lost this game. And I still stand by that. I don't believe Adrian was the reason we lost this game. But we also, you know, didn't win in spite of him. And there's there's always this dialogue between in quarterbacks that you win because of or you win in spite of or even you just win with. Those are the three different categories, especially in the NFL that, you know, you talk about quarterbacks with, you know, you have people like Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, Joe Burrow. Those are the quarterbacks you win because of quarterbacks you win with are your, your Derek Carrs, your Kirk Cousins, you know, those types of quarterbacks. And the third type of quarterback doesn't last in the league very long. So, (laughs) but all of that being said, 
I do think that Will ends up turning in a slightly better passing performance. And I even think that, honestly, he can kind of match the rushing in this particular case. And the reason I say it is because he's done it specifically against Texas before. And I don't think, like, they wouldn't be expecting it. So he wouldn't put up the same rushing numbers as Adrian Martinez. I think what it comes down to is, does Will Howard have those costly turnovers at the end of the game or at the end of each respective half? I think the first half interception doesn't happen. And here's why. Because that first half interception was in the intermediate part of the field. Will was hilariously efficient in the intermediate part of the field. You could argue that his biggest weakness was working to this, the outside shoulders or outside the, the numbers and out. And I think you can make a pretty convincing argument about that. So I think if Will does end up making that throw, I think he has the wherewithal to know to lob it a little better instead of, you know, sort of making it to where it's a catchable ball for the defender. Or even then, he may not make that throw at all. He may wait a couple seconds for the defender to clear. So I don't think that happens. So let's say conservatively that adds three points. And, you know, conservatively, we'll say that drive ends in three points. Then you look towards that final drive. That last drive would have ended in three points as well, minimum. Because so you're all of a sudden you've cut the deficit down to one. You're looking to pick up just one point somewhere else. And that's assuming that the worst for that first half drive. I really think that Will probably does end up pulling out from this pause, perform from this game. And, you know, he just because of those two turnovers. And again, this isn't to say that Adrian is the reason we lost the game. The defense of the first half is very much why we lost the game. But no, actually, I take I take that back because the, the first half, we, they wouldn't have scored the three points if we got the field goal. So we would have ended up winning the game by two. <laughs> Well, uh, in that first half, on that last drive that Texas got because of the uh, um, interception, they got a touchdown out of that. Oh, yeah. So oh. they yeah they took that to the end zone. It was a Xavier Worthy touchdown. So that goes from being a thirty-one ten deficit to at worst for K State twenty-four ten, and. If K-State does something with the drive, it could have been 24-13 or even 24-17, which makes things a lot easier on the offense. And then you also have to consider, does K-State's offense just perform better generally um, throughout the first half? Because we did have a fourth and two at the Texas 16 where we went for the end zone with Phil. Um, does Will Howard complete that pass? Does he throw it somewhere else? Um well, Phil should we... have come down with that ball. I I think he honestly kind of got interfered with, but he should have come down with the ball anyway. That he should have. But regardless, K-State probably finds a way in this game. Um, to it, It'll at least be a sort of game where instead of it being kind of a comeback scenario for K-State, it would be more of a back and forth type of game, but it remains to be seen. Um, it won't ever be seen, but it no. could be seen. <laughs> and I, 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 obviously the defense stepped up in the second half. That doesn't change. Um, 
Texas probably only still nets three, maybe maybe butterfly flight effect they get like seven in the second half or something, but you can't really rely on that being the uh the truth or not. But it's um it's definitely interesting to look at. Um I I feel more confident that K State wins this game than doesn't with Will at the helm, but maybe not by a lot. Just because Texas is still a really talented team that uh, K-State would have to find his way around. But again, there's not that back-breaking interception um, in the first half. There's not that game-ending fumble at the end. Uh, so it could have gone either way, but we, I think we at least have a more realistic shot. Yeah. So the rest of the season pretty much goes the same way. And here's the hilarious part about this. We end up trading half of the Red River rivalry with one another. And I still think we end up making the Big 12 Conference Championship. And I think the rest of the season goes the exact same way. Yeah, It's not a very satisfying hypothetical end to it. But I think that's what happens. Yeah, I I think you're 100% right. Um, I still think we go and win the Big 12. Because uh, we saw Will do it in real life, um, I I don't think any amount of preparation would have got us to the point where we beat Bama. Mm-hmm. I I don't really think much of anything changes in that game. Maybe, maybe we, we convert. Maybe quarter. we convert that fourth down and we lose by eighteen instead of twenty five. But hey, we we had him in the first quarter. That we did. In fact, the game actually ended when we were up ten zero. Um, I don't know if you're aware. I, I just turned off the TV at that point because I knew we were going to win. I've yeah, never exactly. seen the, yeah, never seen the rest of it. So, but, but yeah, yeah. So the rest of the season for the team goes the entire way. But there are a few other other questions there. First question is stats outside of Will Howard. Who do you think really benefits the most from having a quarterback a, a season quarterbacked by Will Howard statistically? You can't just I, say everyone. <laughs> yeah, I think an easy answer is a receiver, like a, a pass catcher, especially a guy like Ben Sennett or Malik Knowles. Yeah, but I think that we can roll with Deuce Vaughn here and have a really interesting situation because Adrian, we know he took up such a giant part of the uh, rushing attack through those first uh, six games. Uh, because he was, I mean, at one point he was like a Heisman contender and a lot of that was based off of his rushing ability because <laughs> he had, he had seven touchdowns in two in two games at one point. And that was on the ground. And then that throw in his passing touchdown from each of those games. So Adrian gets 10 rushing touchdowns throughout the year. Will had three and you dole out probably one or two more to Will, then maybe one or two more to DJ. And then you give Deuce probably another six touchdowns, many more touches and more yards. And you're looking at a pretty significant increase for for Deuce Vaughn um, as a uh, um, running back, um, both probably in the passing game as well as um, his uh, rushing stats take a noticeable jump without um, Adrian um, having a really fantastic rushing experience. You see Deuce Vaughn, he had 1,558 yards and on 293 carries. 
he probably he easily crosses 300 carries and he likely is at least to about 1700 probably 1800 in terms of rushing yards depending on how much we divide up between him and giddens and he definitely gets into double digit rushing touchdowns easily in fact he probably hits 15 yeah probably so (laughs) and he probably goes from really fantastic year to fringe Heisman contender at that point. He maybe doesn't get invited to New York, but he's somebody that they talk about on Sports Center in November. As like the dark horse guy. Yeah. He has a, a very outside shot at an invite to New York in that scenario. But maybe it's better than I'm thinking. I'm just not looking at the other stats of the other guys, but I mean, Will, he had 22 rushing yards in in seven games on 35 <laughs> carries. So he wasn't exactly into, efficient. Yeah, you're over under uh, for his rushing yards on the season is going to be something like 50. So <laughs> not going to get a lot from him. Giddens sees a bump as well. But then again, yeah, Deuce probably sees a bump in his uh, receptions too. He probably crosses 400 yards as a receiver. But I think Deuce is one of the biggest benefits, uh, beneficiaries from Will's full season as the starting QB. Yeah, and I'm I'm not going to take the the really obvious answer in in Ben Sinnott, but I have the exact same reasons for picking the person I'm going to pick as I would have had for Ben Sinnott, and that's Cade Warner. Which some some people may be saying like. You're saying the wide receiver two or three would have had a massive increase, but not the wide receiver one? Yes, and here's why. For the exact same reason that Will and Ben Sinnott were so affected together. Chemistry. There is sometimes that you can just tell that a quarterback and a receiving threat are on the same page. And that's why Aaron Rodgers to Jordy Nelson slash Devontae Adams was so deadly for so long. Russell Wilson to Doug Baldwin and Tyler Lockett was deadly for so long. You know, for to this, if you're looking more modern example, Patrick Mahomes to Travis Kelsey is so effective to this day. It's because they understand one another. They understand, okay, you know, this, say I'm, I'm on a perfect nine route, you know, just a straight go route down the sideline. Well, maybe the quarterback sees something and, side adjusts to it and the receiver knows that that's going to happen because they've worked together long enough to know that hey this quarterback's going to throw this way to this leverage so i need to turn around now like that's chemistry and it's very difficult to teach chemistry you know again it's same reason why you see so many good receiver quarterback pairings that once they break up it's not as effective you know, another example from a pure receiver would be Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase. That's going back all the way to college. But that I think that Will and Cade had that sort of chemistry with one another in a way that Will didn't really have with any of the other receivers. You could argue he had one with he had a little bit of rapport with Phil. Uh, Malik, honestly, was probably the receiver he had the least chemistry with. <laughs> but I think Cade honestly ends up being the beneficiary of a Will Howard started season um, to the extent that I think Cade probably registers the most receiving yards from a receiver on the year if it doesn't end up being Ben Sinnott. But 
and, and that's so crazy to say, but that's how much value I put on, you know, quarterback to wide receiver understanding one another. I mean, that's something that you can even observe in, in, you know, in backyard football games. Like you, you go up with someone that you've known since you were like five, you're going to understand, okay, here's what, here's what he's going to do. Here's what he's going to throw. Yeah. He, it's easy. It's so much easier than, you know, just someone that, Oh, I've known him for a little while, but yeah. So it, obvious answer. We both said it is Ben Sinnott for the exact same reason that I said Cade Warner and it all comes down to chemistry. Yeah. And even if you look at Cade Warner's stats, those first three games um, or the first two games, I should say, with uh, Will Howard, um, he caught seven passes for 137 yards and three touchdowns in those games. That was averaging just under 20 yards uh, per reception uh, at that time. And he had two touchdowns against Oklahoma State. was an excellent game. He had that fantastic catch against TCU as well. Um, he And he nearly had – people always forget about that close catch, that close call in the Big 12 championship where yeah. he nearly had that fantastic grab. And it just touched the ground. But yeah, Cade Warner, I don't know if he beats out Malik for um, best receiver uh, or for most receiving yards, I should say. Um, But it would be close because all the um, receivers were in similar places reception wise. Um, In fact, they were all within three of each other, the three main guys. Uh, But the yardage difference was the biggest thing. Malik was much more of a big play threat uh, than Cade Warner and Phillip Brooks. But I do like the Cade Warner answer because um, their his, his production, um, at least in the immediate aftermath of Will taking over, really shot up. Yep. So the the last question of this hypothetical is: Does this affect the draft stock of anyone that is coming out? And perhaps even spicier, because Will would technically be draft eligible because it's three years. Does Will declare? I don't think he would have declared this year. No, um, he wouldn't have. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that he maybe gives it a look, but I think a lot of scouts would sit back and say it, they'd probably want to see one more year of production from him, I think. I think teams are probably a bit more weary of multi-year production since uh, Mitch Trubisky because he really only had to have one year of playing. And sure. everyone said, oh, he's a top three pick. And that didn't work. Oops. He yeah. was an okay quarterback, but no, wasn't yeah. number two overall pick. Yeah. yeah. Extreme Will Levis, I guess, to an extent. But um, yeah, Will probably doesn't go out. Deuce probably ends up with higher draft stock because he just probably produces a little bit more. Um, gets maybe a few more opportunities. Um, other than that, Ben Sennett probably gets more NFL looks um, this year as a result because he'd have higher production over multiple years even though he did end up with 447 yards which was just nine fewer than Cade Warner um Ben probably makes a few more catches uh makes a few more big plays and uh ends up with a few more touchdowns and ends up on a few draft boards a little bit earlier um so there's some draft stock affected there um as well as maybe Malik if he produces at a slightly higher level than he did this year because he had 725 yards if he can cross 800 and stay a little healthier maybe get a few more touchdowns because he only had two 
um, then maybe he ends up sneaking into the seventh round. But it'd be tough to say. But Deuce is probably the biggest beneficiary this season. Yeah, I'd say so. So the TLDR for this scenario is Will ends up being the second team all Big 12 quarterback. But other than the outcome of two games, nothing really changes. You know, the record improves by one win. Improves uh, by one win. So we go 11 and three. Uh, yeah. So first 11 win season since 2012, which I think it was the first double digit win season since 2012 anyway. So it doesn't really change much. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's something to think about at least. K State has not been able to cross that 11 win uh plateau, uh, never had a 12 win season until this year. Until this year, yeah, that, you, are <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. But never had yeah. a 15 win season either until this year, yeah, exactly. Never had a natty before this year either, never had a 18 win season until this year. We're now an NFL team, so <laughs> but. <laughs> Uh, do you have any final thoughts for, for this hypothetical world before we let it lay to rest? Um, as fun as this was in hindsight, I, I said it earlier, the uh, off season before the season began would have been one of the most painful things to trudge through in all of human history. We, we would be seasoned veterans. We would get congressional medals of honor just for surviving the off season online. As being the, the biggest Will Howard truthers outside of the team. It would have been a rough time period for the Alley Cats, but the payoff would have been incredible. Oh, I'm already obnoxious about it. Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> I we we may drop like 50% listenership because people would have just gotten tired of it. Almost certainly, yes. Uh, <laughs> it, it would have been bad. Also, the Back Hats uh, would have made a regional this year. If- Will started the entire football season. There it is. There it is. <laughs> nah, that, that's a big change, I think. Yeah. But yeah, this pretty much wraps up the first episode of Alley Cat Hypotheticals. Thank you all so much for listening. If you want to follow or contact the show, please be sure to give us feedback on what you think of these types of episodes at Aggieville ACATS on Twitter and Instagram. If you want to follow us or email us. We are AggievilleAlleyCats at gmail.com. If you want to follow us more personally, I'm at ACEdward00. I'm at Connor Baltazor, capital C, capital B. And if you want to support the show financially, still, I'd, I'd wait a few weeks, maybe a month, maybe a month at most, but um, promise it'll be worth it. But for, for the wait... I hope so. <laughs> I, I, I hope so as well, but... I mean, so far, it's at, been pretty good. As for waiting, that's that's a real shame. That could have happened to anybody. But yeah, See for there. yeah, <laughs> for now, one person will understand. Yeah, one, two people, maybe, not, uh, not counting us. But thank you all for listening to this episode of the Aggieville Alley Cats podcast. Where come rain, shine, or anything in between, we're here to deliver to you the Kansas State sporting news that you so love. Stay safe, Alley Cats. <laughs>